this will attempt to <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're joined in studio by our friend Phil, who we met when we were 12-ish in 7th grade, and we were just talking about, I wonder if you freeze your maturity level with a group it, of people when you meet. I feel like every time we meet Phil, it's like unfreezing Austin Powers. Yeah. And uh, he's just kind of stuck in his... If uh, the 60s were all penis jokes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I assume they were, weren't they? Is there any other kind of joke? Mm, good one. Breast joke? Wow. Mm. Breast or penis joke. Indeed. It's really A or B in that situation. Right. So Phil's here. Phil's here. Yo. Finally. We've been trying to get Phil on the podcast. Um, I feel that... For years. Yes. I feel that audio is really the best uh, platform for Phil. Oh, yeah. Although he does make noises, it, yes. it at least prevents our viewers, listeners, from seeing... He has a crotch made for radio. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to see. Um, Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're here, though, because uh, I have a little game for you, based mm. on a picture I found when I was going through a box of pictures. Mm. Now, was this one we... Oh, obviously not the best for a podcast, but still. Right. Your, your reaction, hopefully, will be. So I'm going to I'm gonna hold up a picture, and... Uh, is it a lineup of penises? I want yes. I want you to like buzz in if you know the answer to the question. Okay. Are you going to ask the question first or show the picture? I'm going to ask it as I show the picture. Oh. You ready? Are you going to ask me a question? I'm going to uh, ask you both and see who gets it first. Okay. Do you want to uh, make a wager? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, a, it's about our past. I figure our it's not about our past. future. It's no. not. You didn't go to the future and take a picture, and you're coming back now to show it. Whatever. <laughs> who do you think is going to get it first? Obviously me. Okay. I, think, I think I'll get it first. Okay. Are I think my synapses are firing a little bit faster. Are you ready? Yep. I'm going to ask you boys to name this mustache. J- John Bullock. Oh! Joe gets it first. Phil in silence. So, because I've been away for so long, this His son's name was Trevor. Wow. Suck it. Mr. Bullock is a person I haven't thought of in probably 15 years. Like uh, me too. Uh, this morning in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, no wonder you got. No wonder you got this right. Here, this begs the. It's our eighth grade geometry teacher, it Mr. Is, Bullock. Who, but this begs the question: Why, why the hell do you have, have a, a picture, picture of our eighth grade geometry teacher in your home? Was I don't this, know. Was this a real or this was fake mustache? No, oh real. no, that's oh, all. That's real. all him. That's all his Geraldo greatness. Did he wear a mustache? Well, he With pride, grew a mustache. Hmm. Is that an isosceles triangle in the background? Uh, is there I guess thunder going on? You got this? a higher score than I did. So we, I don't think any of us were fans of his. No. I mean, I sure wasn't. No, I thought he was kind of a douche. Yeah. Um, I think Phil might have been a fan. Well, probably. I, you know, to be honest with you, I just don't remember him. Phil gravitated towards our male teachers. Mm, true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we won't bring up the heartbreak at, at Mr. Martin's hands. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going through a box of pictures of, like, high school and junior high and space camp and just all these old pictures I had, and there's a picture of Mr. Bullock. Not the only picture of a teacher I had. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, Who know. else was in there? Mr. Gavant. Oh, I like Mr. Gavant. He was cool. Uh, right? He was seventh, Mr. seventh grade algebra. algebra? Yeah. Who was, who was uh, Hasselhoff? Mr. Hood. Mr. Hood. All math teachers. Yeah, and I'm no good at math. Do you math. have a weird fetish for math teachers? Is Are that why you, you like uh, Miss Maiello? Uh, I did love Miss Maiello. <laughs> wow. uh, did, anyways, you, did you TA for her? I did TA uh, for her. I TA for a math class. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know anything about math. How did I grade her papers? I, don't know. I remember I would take I attendance I had, and then I would read the. I'm guessing you had a cheat sheet. Wasn't Amy yeah. Loya in our class with with Miss Milo? Yes. Uh, see, you guys had Miss Milo freshman year. No. No sophomore year. Oh wait, no, no I didn't cover till junior year. So I wasn't in your class freshman year. Yeah. But what would I? What, I had what ben class? Hell, what class did I have with Amy Loya? Some class more with her. Did you have Milo freshman year? It was a math class. Who did you have freshman year? Uh. This is super exciting for uh, all those non. Uh, oh, I had Mr. Hood. Hood. I had him freshman and sophomore year. Really? Yeah. Do you remember Flavia? Oh yeah. <laughs> Wasn't was she it? was willing to suck Caramello? Uh, is that what it's called, Caramello? Oh, Caramello. Was that the black kid in school? Remember they sold kids sold 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 candies in school. Okay. Right, and it was uh, she she offered either because we sat next to each other. Right. Caramello Washington. I think she wanted us to either buy her a Caramello, and then she wanted to suck it off of us, or she was going to buy it. It was. I'm betting better than even money she was touched uh, as a young no, child. Without it. Wow, she would have been 15, and this girl was definitely having sex at 15. Yeah. And she looked like she was, like, 23. She looked like she was 23. <laughs> yeah. She probably was 23. Yeah. Sorry. Off top. Uh, wasn't there also a rumor, like, she was one of the coach's nieces or something? Mr. Hooker? No, like Mr. Oropal. Anyways, this is this is quite boring for anyone who didn't go to high school with us. Uh, aside from Rachel, I don't know who else listens to this. I guess Amanda does. But Anyways, well, you guessed the mustache. Although oh, yeah, you did, did hesitate a little more than I was expecting. You know why? I was going to say like Jim J. Bullock. Isn't that some character or something? Who's Jim J. Bullock? He's an actor. Okay. He's like very gay. Uh, is he? Yeah. I can't remember the show, but he was on okay. some sitcom. Does he also have a mustache, though? I did say he's very gay. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, who is Jim J. Bullock? That name... Uh, I feel like it's a Superman character or something. Comedian? No, I don't think so. Jim. Oh, maybe like a TV preacher? Jim J. Bullock. Oh! Hollywood Squares. Who's the guy who's always on Hollywood Squares? Yeah. Comedian. All right. Shadow Stevens? Oh, yeah, he was definitely gay. Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> I'm looking at pictures. Yeah. Okay. All right. What, uh, what else we got? Well, okay. that's a podcast. Yeah. Time to uh, shift things around a bit or something. Okay. Um, I... Came into contact with something today that could... SARS? Yes. Could revolutionize my life. Okay. And you might think that the decision has already been made whether or not it's going to revolutionize my life, but the jury is still out. Okay. To pre-answer your question. Is it a razor? Who's the jury? I'm the jury. Okay. Because it only affects me. Well, it could affect other people. I believe the jury is tainted. Definitely. Is it a hung jury? Um, (laughs) As you know... (laughs) No. As you know, I am a, my, my greatest vice, what is my greatest vice, would you say? Gay porn. <laughs> That's what I Let's thought. go with number two. Poop. <laughs> Good to see that Phil's not the only one yeah, who has uh, brought down two Your biggest vice is sports. False. Uh, your phone. False. Uh, Alcohol? Something else that is on this table, though. The booger sugar? Panda Express? Math teachers? Getting warmer. Soda. Booze. More specifically, oh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Okay. Oh, that's okay. actually Right? That's my biggest okay. vice. Wouldn't you agree? So, I've never asked you this, but you haven't, you still, that's still your vice? That's yes. still, you drink like a... Well, here's the thing. I kind of, I, I go back and forth. Like, over the summer... A Costco size thing a day? No. As soon, as soon as summer ended, I decided to like, totally go on this diet and start running three times a week and do all this stuff. And now that I'm back in school, the running part for me is really hard because... I, I used to get up early in the morning and run at like 6, 6.30, 30. 
but I can't do that anymore because I'm at work at 7. It's brutal. Yeah. And when, when I get home, it's like 4.30 and it's 100 degrees outside. Right. And it's, it you know, by the time the sun goes down, it's still 90. It's unrealistic. So I'm waiting for the weather to cool down so I can start doing it. I'll still run on Saturdays because I can get up and run at 7 in the morning. But um, I can't do it during the week. It's just, yeah. you know. And, like, I don't, I'm not down with the treadmill and stuff like that. I like my neighborhood. I like running in my neighborhood. So anyway, um, getting back to Dr. Pepper, I had heard about this new thing that was being implemented, but I, it was only being implemented in like four states across the country. It was like Dr. Pepper gum or a patch or something that you wear? It's called Dr. Pepper 10. And it is not diet Dr. Pepper, it's a Dr. Pepper with only 10 calories. So it's not the zero calories of a diet, it like is kind of somewhere, not really in the How middle. How many calories does a regular Dr. Pepper have? Like 150. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... It's like, okay, so it's not all the way zero. They give a little bit. It's the 1% milk of Dr. Pepper. I guess. Um, but the thing is, like, like there's this uh, lemonade that I'll drink. It's like a Minute Maid lemonade, but it's it's light. So it's like five calories. Like Mike Tard lemonade? No, no. Okay. So, and I, I'm good with that. But if I drink it out of a can, I think the metal makes brings out the aspartame in it, and it's not very good. But if I have it over ice, I like it. So I was in one of my coworkers' rooms, and she had the case of Dr. Pepper 10, and I was like, I didn't even know that was available in California. So she let me borrow one, and I tried drinking did, it. Did she get it here? Yeah, she said uh, she got it at Bel Air. It'd be better if she, like, took it across state lines. Yeah, I like, was wondering. Smoking the bandit or something. Exactly. So The three of us should make a run to Georgia and get some Dr. Pepper good. 10. So I tried it, and I was like, it, it tastes like something in between zero and 150, you know? Um, but what I need to do is try it over ice and see really how that is. Well, is that how you more commonly drink your Dr. Pepper? Well, if I'm at home, yes. If I'm at work, I probably won't, like, I'm not really in a situation where I'm getting ice from somewhere, so. So by drinking this, are you thinking you're going to drink less, or are you going to drink as much, fewer calories? I will ingest less calories if this is a feasible thing. But do you also think that, like, the slightly different taste, you'll want it less? Maybe you will drink less calories and less, you know, volume. Ideally. When I was when I was really doing the diet over the summer, I was I had this app on my phone that was like tracking calories. So it's like I want to lose. See, your this, phone is your biggest vice. Well, I want to lose like X amount of weight or whatever, and so like this is how many calories I can have a day. And if you exercise, you like get bonus calories, you know, to kind of balance it out. And it worked really well. And then somewhere along the way, I started stumbling. I think it was when I went back to summer school. So, but you, you don't smoke, right? No. Why don't you? Why don't you smoke? Well, I'll smoke a cigar occasionally. Yeah, why don't you smoke? I've, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. But why? Really? Never. Why? why we can go I... outside and change that right now. <laughs> why? Uh, there's no appeal to me. But why? Why is there no appeal? Yeah. Well, it smells bad, causes cancer, turns other people off. So how's that different from soda? Mm, Doesn't smell bad. Wow, that's not. Yeah. Doesn't cause cancer, to my knowledge. Wow, well, cause like teeth rot it and things. Causes your teeth to rot, which okay. is a, affects your heart, and then it does cause some sort of damage I'm in your sure, stomach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. definitely the, the quantities that you drink, and it causes you to belch, which smells bad. Yeah, I, I feel like I can drink a Dr Pepper without and people. Looking and you're at packing it. on calories, and your whole objective is to lose calories. Right. I so can you're smoke in a casino, okay. and people don't look at me. Okay, so you're per, you're. You're saying that rather than drink, like, a diet soda or maybe water, that smoking is my better option? <laughs> well, menthols. <laughs> I'm saying I don't totally... Dr. Costa Wiki, I don't know if you this. <laughs> I don't totally understand your logic. 
Besides why, why I'm not drinking, why I'm not smoking? No, no, like... Can yeah. I have you come to my school and talk to my kids? <laughs> Listen, kids, smoking is the best! <laughs> Who here has tried smoking? <laughs> Nobody? Why aren't you smoking? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I think I was clearly just trying to make a point. Well, I'm saying, why can't you just quit drinking soda altogether in excess? Why can't you just have a Dr. Pepper once a week? Mm, well, yeah, I, sometimes I can. Like, I'll quit and I won't drink it at all. I, yeah, you've got months, right? Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm black or white. I can't be in the middle. You're white. Eat Thanks. <laughs> in some areas. Um, I, I, I can go cold turkey and say I'm not doing any, but once I start introducing it, it's a slippery slope. So I have to be like, no, I can't touch it at all. And I can handle that. You're a Dr. Pepper alcoholic. You're, yeah. you're addicted to... Is it soda or just Dr. Pepper? It's just Dr. Pepper. So if you're presented with 7-Up, you're just like, oh, whatever? Yeah, pretty much. What if it's like two weeks and you haven't had soda? Will you take anything at that point? or <laughs> What if you just got out of prison <laughs> and you see a fat chick? I'd be, I'd be trading cigarettes for Dr. Pepper in prison. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's like... I mean, I can go for stretches. You know, I, I have to be motivated. I can quit whenever I want. <laughs> it's. I just have I mean, to. I just this have to is actually not a podcast. It's an intervention. Seriously, <laughs> we all have. We're going to get you on the cigs and off. The- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have our vices and stuff. Right. Like, I love to gamble, right. but I just, I just don't understand yeah, yeah. a soda being an addiction. Well, like, I don't understand cigarettes being an addiction. Like, it's so unappealing to me. Okay. And yet, some people can't. You know, some people are addicted to meth. Sure. Like. You're like, meth is awesome. <laughs> you thought cigarettes were great. It's <laughs> like, tell you about meth. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but... I don't know. I have a sweet tooth, I guess. I do, too. So I do, too. Yeah. But how do you satisfy your sweet tooth? <laughs> See, <laughs> by eating sugar. Okay. I was going to say. <laughs> like, by coming like raw, granulated sugar. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have a sweet tooth. Snort okay. sugar. And if I needed to get rid of something, it would be less sugar, for sure. Okay. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely on the path to being a diabetic. See, I, I worry about that yeah. myself. Especially, I mean, that should be motivation enough. It, to, it is. It, it, to it, that's the thing is, it, it becomes like, a, like at at some point I start feeling really unhealthy, and then I get motivated, and like when I'm running and stuff like that, I feel healthier, I feel stronger. You know, I feel like if I had continued my regimen of running, I wouldn't have gotten out and kickball last night. That that seriously that in and of itself is a slight motivation to me because over the summer when I was in my running phase, yeah. I I uh, played a pickup game of softball like my buddy needed an extra player on his team, and on one of the plays I scored from second on a single I went from second to home like it was nothing right like in a way that I had never done before because I've never been a runner you know and I was like did it was you, it was did a you big not deal go past third <laughs> just go straight line <laughs> no wonder I got there so fast. Yeah, well. But, you know, it was like taking the extra base and things like that. And so, you know what I struggle with? Um, if I want to kick sugar, like I'll go like a week without it. And then I get in a really good habit. You go running, you eat healthy. Yeah. But then I feel like I need to reward myself for doing that right. with sugar. Uh... See, I feel like I use, I use things like soda or Chinese food less as a reward and more as a coping mechanism. Like how some people use alcohol as a coping mechanism. Hey, shut up. <laughs> I use I, I use that more like I'm pissed off about this rather than go home and drink a bunch I'm gonna drink a Dr Pepper because that'll make me feel better. I think we're supposed mm-hmm. to reward ourselves with our vices if we do the things we say we're going to do. Like if we work out and be healthy for a week, maybe that Saturday we I get, think I get think the paper. I think the ideal <laughs> is to set up your reward as something that is not a vice though. 
Right. Well, you know, because then your reward is a nice shiny apple. Because like, if I can go all this time, you know, I can go a couple months over the summer and like be totally good and be losing weight. I mean, I lost like twenty pounds over the summer, mm. and then like I go, I start to go back to summer school, and it's you know, it's 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 more of a challenge. I can't, I don't run as often. I start to get tired because I'm getting up earlier in the morning and so sure. I don't drink coffee so that's another reason why I drink Dr. Pepper for the caffeine. Mm, interesting. What is the earliest in the morning you have a Dr. Pepper? On a normal day? Yeah. Lunchtime. Oh. Well, you said you said you you know, you know don't drink coffee so you drink Dr. Pepper but you don't have you don't crack one at like 9 a.m. or something. Okay. Good. There's people in my office you-, you can hear like a soda can being cracked open at like 9 a.m. In, in lieu of coffee? I mean, in I, to- no, I, think I would be lying if I said I've never done that. Right, but it's just like, it right. does not sound good. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to bourbon at 9 a.m. You don't? Well, 10.30, like, <laughs> you know. What if it's, like, Saturday? Oh, well, yeah, Saturday. So, sorry, that's Phil. He's sound a rookie. Effects. Um, so, getting back to this, Dr. Pepper 10 could be very helpful. You know, even yeah. if I drink three Dr. Peppers a day, 30 calories, that's right. nothing. It's your, it's you your camel lights. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Now, obviously, the aspartame is still not good for me. Right. Yeah, I can't really support this. But anyway, uh, well, maybe something. Maybe here is something you can support. Hmm. Um, I have another thing I've gotten into this summer. The Rainbow Coalition. Yeah. <laughs> um, is a I started reading a book, a series of books. What's I don't that? Think we've talked about this on the podcast. Twilight. No. Um, is it your your Hunger Strike? It's not Hunger Games. Although okay. Hunger Games is very good, and if you haven't read it, I would recommend okay. it. Sorry. Um, the Art of War? No. No. <laughs> Starring Wesley Snipes? The Bobsy Twins? <laughs> was that the one he was in? Yeah. Um, I think so. Game of Thrones. Oh. Have they you heard of this I saw it at Costco. They had a big set of like five books. Is this the uh, mm, TV show on Showtime? It's on HBO. Um, With Sean Bean? Yes. Who I know you love, as he was in Golden Gold, which is still um, the best Bond and ever. Patriot Games. He was the yeah, uh, wasn't that one? He was the crazed uh, and yeah. Lord of the Rings. Indeed. So anyway, um, I started actually reading the book first because I think I think we were in we might have been in San Diego or something. Did you? I mean, like you heard of the book or you heard it was going to be a show, and so you picked well, up it had book. already been a show. Oh, okay. And like I don't know if the show had ended or not. The first season had ended at that time. But I mean, what what drew you to it? Um, the fact that it was a show? Or the, the fact, fact that it was, it was a show it? helped. Okay. The fact that it was a series, because I like reading a... You know, like, if I know there's, like, five, six, seven, eight books, mm-hmm. and I'm starting the first one, and I like them, it's, like, awesome. I have all of these ahead right. to look forward to. Um, and so so I started reading the first one, loved it, really got into it. Um, it's thick. It's, like, 700 pages. Um, so I, I... But I, like, totally... Is it a dictionary? It. It's not a dictionary. Or an encyclopedia? All, it shares one commonality with a dictionary. It contains words. Oh. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, very good. Great characters. Like, each chapter takes one of the main characters and kind of, you see it through their eyes. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of characters. Okay. So I read it, and then um, I was trying to find it on HBO, because we have HBO. So I was looking through the HBO, you know, guide or whatever, and it was never on. I was like, this sucks. Like, they always show reruns of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I just happened to one day be looking through On Demand on HBO. The whole season was on there. Oh. Within 24 hours, I watched all 10 one-hour episodes. It was so good. The acting, Sean Bean, um, the guy who plays Tyrion Lannister is uh, a dwarf. He's the guy who was an elf 
um, the 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 little person who was mm-hmm. an elf. You know who oh, I'm talking uh, about? Yeah. He was also in Thirty Rock. He dated uh, Tina Fey. Remember, she like rubbed his head because she thought he was a kid, and it turned out it was a dude. <laughs> and so she like nice. was trying to uh, play it off, and so she went out on dates with him. From this guy? You'll probably Pretty recognize him if you've seen him. Well, I wonder, because on, on Adam Carolla podcast a couple of days ago, he had this comedian who's a dwarf. I wonder if it's the same guy. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if he's a comedian. But... Well, how many of them could there be? <laughs> Four. Okay. Um, so anyway, he he's brilliant. It, the character is named Tyrion Lannister, the imp. He is a dwarf in it. I mean, he's a human, but there, there aren't, like, elves and... You know things like that. There, it is. It is uh, medieval times, right. which I feel like you guys are would be okay with. Absolutely, um, that's not my favorite. But there, there's some elements of fantasy. It's castles and things like that. But it's so great. The characters are great. Are there any castles on clouds? Yeah, a few <laughs> that I don't like that at all. <laughs> like, would Lord of the Rings fans love this show? Is um, it like, uh, well, there's not finally like, there's there, a show to watch. There is Robin Hood not, men in tights fans. There's not like show. orcs. You know, it's not like there's Carrie Hughes, Hellas. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so it's it, like it's like real life medieval it, times, not fantasy world medieval times. There's there's some fantasy, oh. but not nearly as much as Lord of the Rings. Right. So it's like if you think about the human part of Lord of the Rings, where it's like you know the the different kingdoms and stuff like that, battling. It's like the it's once like and future that. king. It is like once and future king, except it's interesting because I thought except, that book was boring. I, well, no, I was gonna say except I read it, but I didn't read it. Yeah. I didn't read either. <laughs> So. Um, so anyway, Tyrion Lancer. Here's something that might wet your whistle with him. Is this like Tyri that's spelled like theory? T Y. Oh, okay. Good. 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 Um, yeah, the Gaelic right, the Gaelic names. I can't do that. I started reading a book once, and I got like two pages in, and I was like, "There's like 19 Gaelic names, and they all sound really stupid." So I got over it. You're Gaelic. Thank you. Um, anyway, so Tyrion Lannister. He's his character, and at, at one point, he is going along this road with his uh, like mercenary buddy. And, alright, Phil, keep it in. Just no snorting, please. And all of a sudden, they get, um, they get surrounded by these, this, like, band of ruffians from the woods. Mm -hmm. And the main guy, who's, like, got these horns and stuff, he, you know, like a helmet, like, Viking kind of looking guy, comes up to him, and he puts a sword in his face, and he goes, how would you like to die? And Tyrion Lannister goes, well... (laughs) He says, old age? Well, he says, yeah, he goes, he goes, um... At 80 years old, in my bed, yeah. with a belly full of wine and a young girl's mouth on my cock. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the guy just starts cracking up, and so they, like, you know, it diffuses the situation or whatever. So he's great. I mean, he has, like, the best lines. Is that verbatim? That's verbatim what he says. It's a great line. It's HBO. Yeah, totally. They it is say, HBO. They can say those things. And the truth is, I remember we talked on a previous podcast about um, when you went to see Lord of the Rings with your dad, and he was like, oh, I wish it had been like this, or I pictured it. Right. I was really impressed at how they adapted it from the book to the show. It was really great. And the other cool thing is, season one is book one. Oh. So it's like, I, I, and I found that out before, before I started watching it. So I finished book one, watched season one, and now I'm two-thirds of the way through book two. I think that's good, because sometimes there'll be a show or movie, like, based on a book, but they just, like, take the characters and... That's what they do in True Blood, because there are several right. True Blood books, but, right. like, the current season, there's, like, elements of it that are the have same, you read but they've the changed True Blood a lot. Books? I haven't, but Amanda has, okay. and, and a couple other people I know have, so... Sucky. Exactly. Yeah. Are the books newish? Like, have they been written recently? The... Or? The Game King, of Thrones? Yeah. The first one was written actually like in the mid to late 90s. Oh, that's but, re- recent he, but he just released the fifth one, I think. 
Okay. And I think it's going to be a series of seven or eight. So, oh, so he has like a planned yeah. story. I, I, or when, when I first started reading it, I knew there were four. It's like Harry Potter. I, yeah, except way better written. Well, but I mean, but there's uh-huh. like a plan, you know, yeah. story yeah. of, you know. Um, when I first like started reading forever. it, I thought there was, I knew there was four books, and I thought it was just, that's it, that's four, there's four books. And then I found out that the fifth one, and the fifth one's like number three on the bestseller list, two or three right now. Yeah. The other thing that made me think of it is, I was looking through your Entertainment Weekly, downstairs. That's and, the only reason you come over here, isn't it? <laughs> I do love Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> and it said, it had the Emmy previews, and I was like, mm-hmm. who should win, and who will win? And Game of Thrones was their pick for who should win best drama series of the year. But who to say who will win? Mad Men. Yeah, Mad Men. So stupid. No. Uh, you know, no. like when the same... Is it yeah. really that much better? Like, I, I feel like if you've won two or three times, you have to be... You have to beat your previous ones. Mm. You know, like if a new sh- series comes out and it's really great, the, that same show, is it really that much better? I don't know. I, I started watching... I watched the first season of Mad Men, got into the second, and I hit a wall. And I was like, eh. Yeah. You were a big Lost fan, right? Yes. Do you like Game of Thrones as much? Better? It's different. Um, Because, you know, Lost was such a huge undertaking. You know, there was so many, so much depth and layers to it. And, I mean, Game of Thrones has a lot of layers in that there's, like, this kingdom and there's several areas where things are going on. And you can tell from the first book that they're setting things up that are going to take a while to formulate. Like... There's, there's things in the main kingdom where there's a king and there's people who are trying to take over the throne. And then this, this side story is this girl on, on, across the sea that is undergoing this whole stuff and she's like uh, getting married to this barbarian dude. And, and the reason she's doing that is her brother is like using her to be able to get this barbarian dude's army to come across and like take over whatever. But like it's, you can tell it's a long way off that any of that stuff's going to happen. Um, and that's cool, too, because it's like a totally... It's slightly connected, but it's a totally different story that has a very awesome story arc by the end of the series, or the end of this first season. So, And you'd like the show. There's some nudity in it. Oh. Uh, some good violence and very, very great plot twists. Unexpected, very unexpected plot that's twists. That's always good. So, And, you know, it's... The episodes are 52 minutes or whatever. There's only 10 of them in the first season. So, I highly, highly recommend Has there only been one season? Only been one season. Yeah. So. Jacob, what do you watch these days? Anything you watch regularly? Uh, I watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Is that still on? Yeah. Yeah. And, Is uh, it almost over this season? Yeah, I think this weekend is the last one. Really? Last season or last no, episode? last episode. He, I like Larry David always says that's the last season, and then you know a year or two later he'll do it again. It's been a good season. It's been a really yeah. good season, I think. I also watched True Blood, which I like to say is because Rachel wants to, but I enjoy it. You probably enjoy it less than Glee. Is that Anna Paquin? Is she yeah. 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 And she's the bisexual person in, in real it? life. No, in real life. In real I don't life, think so. Isn't she married to the vampire Shh, king? I don't know if they're life? married. She's oh, they bisexual. Yeah, she says something. She professes like interest. Phil has inside information. I'd watch that. She's married. She's married, but I think she's just as interested in women. Sometimes I find her really attractive, and sometimes I don't. I think most of the times I find her attractive when she's not speaking. Interestingly enough, I find her more attractive when she has her clothes on, hmm. like in the pianist. Yeah. No, like in True Blood. 
when she's like kind of when she's sweet. Yeah, yeah. When she's like sweet Sookie as opposed to doing it with vampires Sookie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's prudish me. You're prudish. I am prudish. Okay, so Game of Thrones. Highly recommended. I'm sure Jacob won't read it or watch it, but (laughs) Phil, maybe there's a chance with it. Yeah, I don't get HBO. Yeah, but you can, I don't know. Netflix or ways. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think it's available on Netflix yet. Does HBO straight you can go online? Does, you can yeah. watch it illegally online. Not that you've ever watched anything illegally online. No, I think you can watch it legally. Does can iTunes you? stream like HBO stuff? I think so. Well, at the, at the end of every show, like Curb and stuff, it says you know, episodes HBO. available on HBO.com or something for yeah. free. Oh, HBO.com. I, I think, think so. All, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, um, I think we'd be remiss, maybe you'll hate me for this, but I think uh, we'd be remiss to not talk about this, since I think this will be coming up, uh, this podcast will be released on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sunday's 9-11, the 10th anniversary it of is. 9-11. I did not forget. Yeah. And I wanted to, I'm glad Phil's here, because Phil definitely brings an important added element to it, but I wanted to ask you specifically about Jacob first. Yes. Because I think of all the people, not to get Philip Punch in the face, but I think of all the people I know, you are maybe the most sarcastic about the, not that you are like disrespectful, but the the never, you know, I I, I feel like you more than others, you know, kind of have the jokey too soon stuff. It's how I, it's how I deal. Right. Yeah. So I was just curious. And for both of you, how, how do you feel about it 10 years later and, and things like that? Well, for a while, I was a little worried, like, oh, shit, there's going to be something else, you know, happen. And then I kind of talked myself into, it's too obvious. Like, that's not really the, the terrorist style. Uh, you know, the element of surprise. Like, I feel right. like everyone's going to be watching the Golden Gate Bridge and, and, you know, everything. All Football these stadiums. Targets. Yeah. But do you also feel like maybe they're, maybe that's an incentive to them to try? It's like, I, we can get you even when you're at your most heightened. Spirit. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how terrorists think. Well, to... Yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, yeah, I don't think there'll be anything. But for a while, I was worried about that. I think every 9-11, you, you have to at least think about it. I'm... You know? I was flipping around. There's been a lot of stuff on TV, like, all week. Like, great Discovery shows on like Discovery, and stuff. Yeah. And I always want to watch, like, them for Amanda's a while. been watching them. And Rachel's like, I can't watch. I can't, like, this is too much. She watches and she cries. And yeah. That kind of stuff. Speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Someone's ears are burning. <laughs> Stop talking about me. <laughs> How dare you, a-hole? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, one of the things that I think about it is I was... In our staff bathroom today, and someone had written their little chalkboard, and people will like write little things on there and whatnot. And somebody wrote "Never forget" on it. Hmm. And I was like, "Okay, I, yeah." I see. I feel like it's kind of cheesy. I mean, I feel like people aren't going to forget. Totally. I feel like. I mean, I still remember Pearl Harbor, and I wasn't there. You know, we can't like, remember it. It's not. It's not it like. It's not like something that happened, and you're not going to remember. Yeah, there's no way. Everyone's going to remember where they were. Everyone's going to remember, like, that day, what happened, everything. That's, I think that's what I feel is silly, is, is all the, like, never forget, you know. It's like, how could you possibly forget that? There's some strange, maybe even demented part of me, because when I say it, I feel kind of icky, that likes the fact that I that we've been through an experience like that, because I like that I can, that we have that shared experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, I wish it never happened. But but to have that memory where it's like you know with the JFK assassination, it's like right, oh where right. were you when this happened? That right. this is our moment. You know we had 
OJ and Rodney King and the Oklahoma City bombing, but those weren't anything. Right. I mean, all those together weren't anything near this. And I still remember where I was when I found out Who's the Boss was canceled. <laughs> where were, were you? you with Danny Pintaro? I was in my bunker, of course. <laughs> <laughs> in bed with Danny Pintaro. <laughs> and, you know, like, the, the students that I teach now were not alive when yeah. it happened. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> How old are your kids? Are they like 10? Oh, you're right. They're 11 and 12. Yeah. You're right. Hello. Okay. But, but they, they, were, but they, were they, they don't have any memory. Yeah, you're, right, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. Anyway, um, they, so like on Monday, we're going to have to have this conversation. You know, we're going to have to talk about it. Right. And so to be able to kind of share something that I've been through that's globally important and historically important and difficult, um, you know... I like that I have the ability to share that with them and, you know, maybe make some kind of impact with it. I don't know. Well, just, we were just selfish. saying about how, like, this is our moment, but aren't there others? And aren't there, like, once a decade? I mean, the Kennedy assassination, um, I remember being in school and watching the Challenger space shuttle mm-hmm. exploding, you know, and stuff. But remember, on the, one the of our first podcasts, I was saying... I was saying, oh, is Obama being elected more important or more, you know, notable than this? That's stupid. I was an idiot for saying that. Yeah. There's there's no way that that this doesn't resonate way more and won't for the rest of our lives. Right. It's time for Phil to talk. Um, So uh, I have a unique uh, perspective on 11 because other than being there on the actual day, which I wasn't – I lived through it because I lived uh, two blocks away from it. But you right. were across the river or something, right? I mean, you were... Well, no. You were not, so, like, in Florida or California. You were there, right? No, I was no, I was right there. So I, uh, just until recently, uh, I lived in North End Battery Park, right? You've been there, Joe. Uh, two, three blocks away from the World Trade Center on the same side of the Hudson, right? So right next to it. Uh, it was my one day in six weeks of training that we happened to be in Princeton, New Jersey. I remember the day really well. People say, oh, I remember that day really well. I remember the day really well because the weather was really nice. It was uh, it was cool. It was like a really – it had been hot and humid like it normally is out there, and it was just a really nice, cool day. And I remember driving to Princeton, New Jersey that morning. Um, let me backtrack though. Uh, so you're, you're cynical about some of like maybe the hype surrounding like you know, never forget and sort of like yeah. – there's parts of the way the media portrays it that maybe right. hurts you or something. The thing that I find ironic – I'm not sure if I want irony is the right word. Like, not to belittle the incident, you know, you had 3,000 people or so die. It wasn't even that many. There's that many, like, kids who die in Africa from, like, starvation right. and totally. dehydration every single day. That's probably, like, a high number. But, like, you know, ballpark. Right. And, like, I just, we don't really think about that. So we think about this moment in our history where 2,500 people, you know, rest in peace, all died. But there's so much that goes on on a daily basis that... It's like we're almost belittling everything else that happens by remembering this day as this, like, you know, well, this, I, this most important day in our history. I think we as a people are very ethnocentric, mm. you know. Oh, right. We think we're the center of the universe. And the truth is, when it happened, we were, for lack of a better word, virginal. We hadn't faced anything like that before. I mean, yes, we'd had, like... The Oklahoma City bombings. Pearl Harbor didn't really count because that wasn't the state yet. Or anything, you know, but like the idea of others coming to attack us was something that we didn't even really think was a possibility, which, to be honest, was naive of us. And I read this article about it the other day written by someone from someone in Europe saying, you know, they said they couldn't believe the fact that 
that we as Americans were so astonished that someone would attack us because all these other parts of the world get attacked right. all the time. So for them, an attack like this is not a hugely shocking thing. But for us, it never happened. So to, so for us, it was you know such a bigger deal. Mm. Well, but I feel like I feel like the world treats us that way too. I mean, I feel like other countries were like, you know, today we're all New Yorkers and, you know, we stand with you. And yet I'll read in the paper, you know, London subway bombing. And I'm like, oh, oh, well, you know, right. like I just gloss right over it totally. because it doesn't affect me. But that, you know, there's there's things that have happened in other countries that are there. 9-11 are, you know, just as big. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's in some other countries, not here. I don't know if any terrorist attacks have been so like large in scope you know the idea of these two huge buildings right you know with where we have actual footage of the plane crashing into it and people jumping out of the buildings and the buildings falling i don't know if there is you know there's been a lot there of terrorist been, attacks right. i don't we, i think that's part of it we know of like uh, like bombings on like subways right like poison and situations. i mean we even, there was even Munich. a world trade center bombing yes right. you know a number of years before and that was like uh, that was almost like a london bombing where we're like yeah. oh it happened but like it kind of gets glossed over, right? But maybe it's maybe it's just the way that it happened. Is it the way, or is it the like how many people died? If, what, if, I uh, think it's the numbers. If a hundred people think, died, because I think if you ask a normal, per, uh, an average person, they wouldn't get within five hundred people of the actual number of deaths. I think it's the, the destruction. Right, if the two vi- buildings collapsing, the visible destruction. Whether it was five hundred people or four thousand yeah. or five, you know, ten thousand. I think I if think, the buildings hadn't collapsed. I don't think it would have... I think that's the... I think that might be the biggest part of it. Yeah. Because what was the the original... The 93 or whatever World Trade Center bomb was like a van of explosives that went off in the garage and some people died, but, you know... Or 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 a subway bombing, like you said, you you got this, like, cloud of smoke that comes out of the entrance and that's it. Like, you don't see this, but when you see a plane going to the side of a building and you see the fire and you see the It's just an image that that history had never seen before. Right. You know, like... The idea that people were capable of that. It was, you know, and I wonder if it had happened in London and a plane had crashed into Big Ben or some, which I think is the tallest some big, in London. some Probably. other, you know, the Tower of London or something. And there were a bunch Buckingham of Buckingham Palace. Sure. God would, save the Queen. Would it? Well, because, you know, it wasn't just the Twin Towers. The plane right. crashed into the Pentagon. And right. When we when we visited the Pentagon when we were in there when Amanda and I were there um, for when we were in D.C. for your wedding uh, we went to the Pentagon and the guy uh, took us and we were like m- almost midway into the Pentagon and he was like this is where the nose of the plane was it was just shocking to see you know so I mean we think about the twin towers but there was there were those other aspects of it as well you right know? Um, but I I think I think it was the buildings themselves. How did it affect you guys here all the way on the West Coast? Like, do you want to go first again? Well, I mean, everything shut down. I worked at the Department of Justice at the time, and, and they just shut down the building and said, don't even come to work. And I was in college, and I, I was at class, and, and they are like, well, we're going to put the news on TV if you want to stay and watch, but, you know, there's no, you know, classes so you are canceled. Yeah, so I went home. <laughs> Um, no, you're like no. shared experience with people I don't really know. I was in class yes. and I left thinking like, oh, I maybe I should go to work. And then I call, you know, like no one was there and mm-hmm. stuff. And I got a hold of someone. They're like, yeah, don't come here. And so I just went home. I think I think what I meant to ask was, how did it like affect you guys? Like personally, did you guys feel threatened? Did you feel were you scared about going outside? Like, I was worried that I was going to get drafted. Oh, Honestly, I thought yeah, there was going to be worry. some big war effort. 
And I legitimately thought about that. I, I wouldn't say I was scared of like going outside, but it was definitely a concern of like I was. I'm thinking like like did you say a football stadium or a basketball arena? Like going to some event where you're in a big group of people, like becoming a target. I thought about that for a while. I remember the first time I went outside after that, like driving around, and just everyone was driving really slow, and it, there was just yeah. this pervasive feeling of. It was different. Like things being in an felt, uncomfortable things room. Things felt like. different, yeah. Mm. And I mean, even if I'm in my enclosed car and everyone else is in their enclosed car, it just felt different. Mm. And um, it was strange. And I remember, it was maybe a month later, maybe more, I don't know, I was um, on campus at UCSD by Remac, the big recreational gym facility and everything, and walking to class, and there was, you know, 80, 100 people walking, and a plane flew overhead for the first time. Like, the first time I had seen a plane yeah. since then. And literally every single person stopped and looked up. I do remember that because it was I, just, I worked on, like, the you know 17th floor or whatever, some building downtown. And I remember shortly after that there was a little plane, like, going by or, or kind of coming in that direction. And I, and I did kind of stop at the window and was kind of looking at it for a second thinking, like, is this going to come at us or something? And the truth is it was a long time that there was a feeling of difference. Like, things will never be the same. And over time... <laughs> We've gotten back to normal, aside from how certain things have changed and like airports Airport and whatnot. Security, yeah. But, but I think maybe it's just a matter of compartmentalizing because in times like this and and other times when we really stop to think about it seriously, it becomes very heavy, right? You know, and and I think just in order to continue on with our lives, we have to not think about it all the time. Well, that's it's, part you know, of it's, it's like you have a death in the family or something. If you dwell on it. It'll cripple you, right. and you won't be able to get out of the house. Part of what I find ridiculous is the airport security changes and everything, and how the U.S. is so reactive and not proactive. And it's never, it's never like it's our society, right? But it's never like this is what could happen. It's like, well, a guy put a bomb in his shoe, so now everyone take your shoes off. Right. Like they're really going to try that again. Right. You know, it's just so reactive and knee jerk, and like, okay, no one, you know, and being behind every time. You know? Yeah, it's like, exactly, you know, yeah. exactly. Which I guess what you meant by being. So when you go through airport security in a place like Europe, 10 years ago, it was light years beyond what right. we offer now. That's and everyone's so so scared of, of political correctness that they're grabbing, like, 80-year-old women, you know, out of line and pat them down and be like, well, you know, it's it's random. We don't show favorites. Like, yeah, come on. Um, so getting back to your story, Phil. When did you first come? When did you come back? Like, so because obviously you couldn't come back. For I a couldn't. While. Uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time was still at school in Georgetown, and I spent the next ten days in D.C. So I was in around New Jersey suburbs. I stayed the night with a friend uh, from our from our training class, and then we spent the next ten days. I spent the next ten days in D.C. because we were unable to get to our apartment. Uh, we were in the you know the war zone basically. Uh, I'll never forget. I got back. She. Uh, my girlfriend. Yeah, she was she was a Georgetown. senior at Georgetown. Oh right, duh. So I went from so I went from like one unsafe city to the next unsafe city. Right. Uh, I actually would check under my car for car bombs. Wow. That was my uh, weird paranoia. That's like the one thing I did that was very odd. Huh. Um, you should still check. So what makes you think you'd be a target? Uh, um, how about your roommates? My well, my roommates were there that day, so they were they were in the apartment when it happened. My roommate Joe was in the apartment. He was actually on his way. Uh, I think my other roommate Phil was probably on his way to work too. Um, 
So you I have a another hard... Phil and a guy named Joe? Yeah. Did you, like, act out sexual no, just... fantasies that you wish had happened between the two of us? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I have to add some levity. You're okay? ruining it's, the 9 it's a little. Story. It's a little too serious. Right? I mean, if so. there were two Joes in a room, would you jerk them off, or...? In a heartbeat. I don't understand your point. <laughs> um, Two Joes could never be in the same room together. I just got Joe from Facts of Life. I just got a ping from my buddy Chris who said, uh, you know, kind of creepy being there right now. You basically lived through it. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But ten years later, what's it like looking back on it? And Alice and I were talking about this. Um, I don't feel like ten is any different from nine, is any different from eight. Yeah. Uh, because every year uh, they would sort of commemorate it in New York and it would be on TV and stuff. Uh, so I don't feel like this one is any more special right. no, than I the agree. previous I agree. nine. I agree. Um, uh, and I, you know, the truth, I hope that never changes. I hope that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we still feel it and think about it. And maybe that's the kind of cheesy never forget stuff, but well, we don't, do you guys think of Pearl Harbor every day of your life? No, but we weren't alive. No, no, but I know, but 60 years from now, and I don't think about this every day of my life, okay. but you know, it's it's like if you are a veteran, Veterans Day probably has some meaning to you. You know, I think the people, from my understanding, um, the people who have a really hard time with nine eleven are the people who are actually there and saw people flying out of the buildings. Sure, yes. yeah, and that's really and the I most have disturbing thing to me is those. I mean, I've seen those. And I didn't see the in images, person, yeah, but right. the images on the TV. I, I have some friends who won't talk about it. They just don't want to. They, they can't talk about it. That's right. the worry of dealing with it. Uh, I never saw that. So to me, it almost felt like just you know a really bad incident that happened in my neighborhood. I don't know if that's like a really weird, cynical way of looking at it, but it was. Uh, uh, it was wild. The whole thing was wild. Did you know anybody that was in the towers? Um, there was a, a girl from our from our class, from our Georgetown class, who was in uh, worked for Canner Fitzgerald. Uh, so she just started, but uh, not really. The, Did the, she? She was in one of the towers. She was just working in one of the towers, so she never made it out. Okay. Um, the weird thing is, uh, I never got a chance to go up to Windows of the World, which was the restaurant on the top of the World Trade Center. Did you? Did you go there? No, but I remember walking through the Twin Towers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I visited you, like. They had a cool like a year before that. Or they had a like cool that? like shopping area. They had pretty much everything you needed. Like they had a city bank for me. They had some shops. I could kind of do all my sort of shopping down there. Um, did you ever? You didn't. No. You never went up to. So I never. I never went up too. I the day the before on Monday, my analyst class, knowing that we were almost done, they're like, "Hey, we should go up to Windows of the World." So Monday lunch, September tenth, they all went up there. So there was probably like twenty kids. I didn't feel I'm, I've always sort of been weird about like drinking at work and I just I just didn't feel like going so I didn't go uh, and the weird thing was is that we're all sitting there after the fact watching TV on 9-11 right and they're like holy shit like the that waiter and that waitress and that guy like they were probably up there yeah. so that was a little that was a little creepy for them um, do you feel in any way lucky to have been in New Jersey that day or like to just have fate take you kind of away from it when otherwise you might have been right well, there? Well, it's really – Joe alluded to it I think when we started the conversation about like in some demented way you look, you feel good about being a part of it. So it's like I've always sort of like felt like would it have been better or different if I was actually there yeah. You know, versus being out of – happening to be out of town that day and I actually don't know what the answer is. Like yeah, I, I mean, That's a, like an impossible. There's no answer. Yeah, it's like – you know, I guess I would have feel more a part of it if I was there, but like, what does that matter? Oh, I'd much rather have been, you know, away. Or, um, I mean, you, you still have ties to it no matter what, but you, the fact that you weren't there means you didn't 
You if look it, up and see people jumping out of buildings. If it happened the day before, we would have been sitting uh, in our, the world, the World Financial Center is a complex of business buildings right across the street from the World Trade Center. So we would have been sitting there, uh, you know, and we would have sort of evac the area like everybody else. I happen to live there, so I would have probably run to my apartment, probably would have like see what's going on, and you know, just left. I guess taking a ferry across or something, but I don't know. I don't. I have a hard time talking about 9-11, not because it, like, it's really sad. I don't know what the word is. It's not because it's, like, an awful experience. It's just, it's so many experiences and so many thoughts. Right. It's hard to sort of, like, you know, jot them all down and, like, talk about them. Like, I remember wanting to leave the city. I was scared. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, telling my mom I'm getting the hell out of here. Like, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. I remember the people from the EPA saying this neighborhood is, like, totally, like, you know, clean don't worry about it and like 10 years later there's all these people with like you know right. asthma issues and all these you know things and uh i just remember the military folks uh i remember having to show my driver's license just to get into my apartment um but i gotta say three months later our lives in new york were relatively normal so like hmm. everyone had to go back to work everyone had to do their job and there was nothing you could do right you know i remember there was always like bomb threats for the first call it like month two months there's always bomb threats everywhere. So, you know, bomb threats here, bomb threats there, bomb threats in my building. But, like, people would, like, evac. So they would, like – and people were always uh, – at that point, they were so scared that, like, the, the first sign of danger, people just, just ran out of the building. Right. Right. Um, I remember all that. And then I would say within three to six months, it was very normal, as far as normal can be. Like, people still have to go on with their lives. Uh, I think maybe if I would known someone, I would have been a little bit more affected. Yeah. Because entire neighborhoods got wiped out. Uh, but was it something where you passed by it like daily and saw? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, you're, you're talking about a place, uh, New York's a place where uh, New Yorkers don't have to leave their immediate neighborhood a lot of times, right? right. They maybe go to their jobs, so they'll take the subway to get to where they need to go. Right. But in general, like, you don't leave, like, say on a weekend, if you're not going anywhere, you don't need to leave your immediate neighborhood. Right. Like, you have stores and shops within probably five to ten blocks. So people are stay local. Like if you live in Tribeca, you stay in Tribeca. If you live uptown, you stay uptown. So that was my life. Like that was the neighborhood I hung out in. And it was like, it was an awesome view from my apartment. I had this awesome view of the trade center, two big buildings. It was perfect. Right. And you know, it's one day, like it wasn't there. So from your window, you could like look down and see the ground zero wreckage or you could only see it when they were erect uh if you google search a copy of the economist the issue after 9 11 there is a building and it's getting engulfed in dust and debris that was our building hmm. so we were close um one of my jobs uh, the, after the fact i had to go into one of the world financial center towers where we were located and help people get their property out so I remember being on like the 20th or 30th floor and looking down, straight down onto the wreckage. And it was just mangled, yeah. you know, stuff. Steel. Steel. Yeah. It was, and it was still smoldering. And it's like a month later, yeah. two months later. Um, I'm, I'm excited uh, about how they're going to rebuild the buildings yeah. there and the whole area. So as we were leaving in July, a lot of stuff was starting to sort of like come about like the the, the build there's one building already built they're building like one of the main buildings they got this uh this memorial park going um i'm excited how that ends up yeah because it's it's a fantastic neighborhood and you know it'll be really interesting to see i wouldn't want to work there right but it's really interesting to see how it's going to turn out 
and I'm glad that after 10 years they finally have gotten to this point because right. like there were years where it was like nothing was getting done. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a shame. Okay. Well, this has turned into one of our more serious podcasts. Yeah, I hasn't know. It? Well, it's odd because we started out so uh, juvenile. Penis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we bookended with. Do penises. you guys want to see a mangina? No, no, no. You could um, describe it for the listeners. Well, you, you, well, that's the thing. We would love to see it, honestly, but the listeners don't want to hear it. So, but Ooh. do you want to describe? You could no. You could, I can describe it from memory. You could describe it like it's been years, and I can describe it. We can put it up as our colloquial podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's you don't want to know. Okay. Can it's, we uh, make some kind of reference back to uh, how things happened earlier, so we can end on a more of a whimsical note? More whimsical than the Mangina? <laughs> I guess that's true. Who, who do you serious. think like performed the first Mangina? Was it like Cavemen. probably George Washington? <laughs> was it some college kid in like the twenties? Jesus, <laughs> I think it was uh, Oscar Wilde. That's <laughs> my guess. He was uh, because do you realize to do the Mangina? It was Adolf Mangina. It's named, <laughs> it's named for him actually. To to perform the Mangina, you have to make an effort. Right, like oh, you have yeah. to. Well, you don't just wake up one day and be like, "Oh my God, I'm accidentally mangina." You have to take no, no, your pants no, off. No, this kid. All right, no, no, all right, no, all right. And then you have to like put your legs together yeah. and you got to tuck it. So there's a right. so someone had to have done that, or right. was it by accident or Buffalo Bill? I would venture to say that you have performed the mangina more often than us, Phil. So maybe you yeah. can kind of. Uh, I've tried. No, I'm too I'll, big. But <laughs> do it. I only did it because I saw another guy do it. Right. Right. Well, they say that, you know, children who are molested become molesters, <laughs> yeah. so that makes so, sense. <laughs> so, if my vice is Dr. Pepper, then would you say your, devi- your vice is mangina-ing? No, I've never uh, done the mangina outside of, I think, uh, you two. What? That's not true. You... <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Allison's seen the Mangina. Allison saw your first date or something, Allison right? saw it the first night that uh, we knew each other. I remember you doing it with a Chevy's to Katrina or something. <laughs> Did I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I remember that. <laughs> I wish... I think she wishes she didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's, hmm. it's a true delight. It's, it's a, a, you know, immortalized on video in the road trip movie, so... Yeah. I will never forget. Well, it's like the perfect uh, like distraction on a golf course. Perfect. What could be more just shocking, right? As you're about to tee off, Jacob making a good shot. Maybe? You could oh, you could have like flung feces at me, I guess, other than show the mangina. But that's just, I think you should try that next time. But that's just rude. If you throw like feces, whereas the mangina is a the mangina is like salute. Like, yes. well done. Sir. I salute you, sir. Right, exactly. Good luck hitting your next shot. Yeah, he won't just he won't mangina just anyone. Oh, well, I think he probably manginas you more than he does me. If there is a an. Eight. I'll remember that. Uh, yeah, you need to even the score because I've I've been on I've been on the business end of the mangina at least thrice. So you need Definitely. to. Uh, but this was bourbon. It was bourbon. I like. Good. Right. Well, then I think we'll uh, get another refill and we'll be back to record another podcast. A lighthearted podcast, I hope. A much more lighthearted podcast. Okay. All right. Well, that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Thank you. Start spreading the news. You're leaving today Tell him, Frank I want to be a part of it New York, New York